This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello and thanks for downloading today's podcast on Thursday the 1st of September. I'm Jamie Long and first today it's emerged a major blaze that destroyed a business on a Kent harbour had been caused by contractors working for Canterbury City Council. The Crab and Winkle restaurants and Whitstable fish markets were torn through in May after the fire broke out in the neighbouring cockle shed. A report by Kent Fire and Rescues revealed the blaze was caused accidentally by sparks from a worksman's grinder. Elizabeth Bennett is co-owner of the Crab and Winkle restaurant and the Whitstable Fish Market. I was told on Friday I had to employ a structural engineer as part of my project to find out what's going to happen to us as a business. The structural engineer took 15 minutes to tell me my business has got to be demolished. I can't describe where my heart went in my tummy I just can't describe the feeling of 26 years of hard work to actually have to watch it being demolitioned. Peter and I sat here devastated, all right, and I hadn't, we've got nowhere to go. What happened a couple of weeks ago was we got, through the Freedom of Information Act, the fire report, and the fire report is stating that it is a recorded incident in the Crab and Winkle. The Crab and Winkle and the fish market and us have done nothing wrong and we seem to be the victim. Everywhere we turn, nobody's talking to us. To have to do my own investigation into an incident that didn't involve us has been heartbreaking. I can't describe it. It's just a feeling that I hope nobody else has to go through. We're battling through and we're keeping a smile on, but we are really sick inside. You couldn't believe the irony of it. We have a beautiful summer. We're all in drought conditions, but we've all enjoyed a lovely summer for six weeks. The company has lost a fortune. We've never had six weeks of sunshine through the whole of the summer holidays for the kiddies. And we're probably looking at half a million loss of sales. This is additional sales to what we would have done in the normal summers. Unbelievable. We've been kicked every way. One, we don't have a business. Two, the sun shone all through the summer, which is what these businesses thrive on. Whistable thrives on heat, beautiful sunny days, and we've just had every we've had them every day. How do you think I feel when I wake up and the sun shines? All I want to do is be serving my customers. And it's been taken away from me. Well, they're also still being invoiced for rent, but the City Council say they're working to deliver the equivalent of a rent-free period from the day of the fire. A spokesman also told us there's been an open invitation for the owners to get in touch. Bartholomew's been speaking with the new chair of the Whitstable Harbour Board, Councillor Colin Spooner, who says he'll give the owners his support. Obviously, when, when it happened, um, I was disappointed and, and, and thoroughly shocked. But, you know, um, we'll go from the ashes and go up now. We'll, 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 we'll be better. You know, we'll, we'll have a, a, a new restaurant there. Um, we'll, we'll have other amenities attached to it. And, and this is what I'm going to hopefully take forward. 
And just finally, will, will you speak to them as well? Will you, you know, have that sort of yeah, straight to Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll speak to Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. I'll take them on on board what they say to me, and I'm available to to anybody in the harbour, fishermen, tenants, um, to, um, to 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 come and speak to me. Uh, my my numbers are online. <laughs> so I'm not hiding. <laughs> Elsewhere, a family's paid tribute to a Kent teenager whose death remains a mystery. Josie Besant was found unresponsive at her home in Sissinghurst just hours after she started throwing up black vomit. The 18-year-old's dad says she had a heart of gold and was always helping others. Pathologists have been unable to confirm exactly what killed her, but say it could have been a metabolic imbalance caused by a combination of spicy food, laxatives and energy drinks. Now, it's feared there could be a severe shortage of midwives in Kent as a training course has been suspended. Dozens of people have suddenly been told they can't study midwifery at Canterbury Christchurch University. The regulators stepped in following concerns about students being left unsupervised with patients. The uni say they're urgently working with NHS partners to address the issues and get the course back up and running. Kent Online News. New figures show there were more than 300 racist hate crimes against children in Kent last year. Nearly a 1,000 cases have been reported over the last five years and most victims were aged between 11 and 15. Kent police say they've introduced school officers to help educate young people about how harmful certain words and actions can be. Now, a food bank in Margate has been left considering whether to close after being broken into for the third time in 12 months. Shopkeepers at My Community in Duke Street found someone had made off with a £1,000 worth of stock on Tuesday. Earlier, I spoke to the shop director, John Finnegan. Jackie, that's one of the volunteers, uh, came into the shop early on Tuesday morning because she wanted to... Um clean the carpets that's what sort of volunteers i've got they they go over and above their um their duties but uh when she opened the door to go to the hallway to go down she noticed that the side door was open which is unusual um then she noticed that we had some soft drinks that were in on the hallway and half of them had been taken so then she knew that we'd been uh, um, burgled or robbed, whatever you like to put it. She also noticed that uh, the key was missing to the downstairs storeroom. So when I got there, the police were already online. And I said, I'm going to have to break the door to go downstairs in case they've taken stock from the downstairs. And lo and behold, yes, they had. So they took the stock. They've left the premises locked the door back up again, but took the key with them. And what was your reaction when you found out that you'd been targeted yet another time? I was dismayed. And uh, when I saw the amount of stuff that had gone, I thought, do I really want to carry on doing this? And my first thought would have to reconsider whether we carry on or go forward. The local community, because um, being on TV and that yesterday and the local community have really pulled together. We've been inundated with food items being delivered, people giving the odd £10 here, £5 here. 
someone started up a crowdfund and a big thank you to mod food providers in Margate because they have been fantastic. Next, a volunteer for the Margate RNLI has finished his challenge of having a cold shower outside every day for a year. Abby Hook from our sister station KMTV has been chatting with Guy Addington, who told her what it was all about. I've got three core um, objectives. One is to just to do some fundraising for the RNLI. The second is to try and raise awareness of water safety and drowning prevention information as an organisation we're passionate about, making a dent in the number of lives that are lost in and around the waters of the UK each year. So that's kind of my key driving passion. And also I want to raise awareness and try to encourage responsible use of the drainage and sewer network and responsible water use. And I can imagine there's been some incredibly tough days throughout this. Were there any days where you thought, what am I doing? Should I, should I be doing this? Did you ever question your challenge? Uh, yes, for 365 days I've questioned <laughs> going through with this. But uh, I'd set out and got some really good, uh, some amazing support right from the outset. And that really motivated me to keep going. And yes, of course, there were lots of mornings when it was dark, when it was windy, when it was really, really cold, that I just really didn't uh, relish the thought of going outside sometimes straight from my bed uh, under cold water for the shower. But um, I have to say each day once I'd done it, I had a, a strong sense of achievement and uh, was really pleased with myself. It made me feel great in the morning. So, uh, yeah, lots of motivation to get out there and get it done. And a lot of people actually say cold water showers are, are quite good for you. Did you feel any real personal physical benefits to it as well? I think I've mentioned the... Uh, sort of the sense of personal achievement every day when I'd actually got back in after completing a shower, particularly during some of the really tough days. But I have to say that um, I feel great for it. I rarely, if ever, get poorly. I, I haven't had a cold or anything. I have had a bout of COVID, but I managed to shower my way through a period of COVID and it didn't hit me too badly. So I'm going to put some of my resilience and some of the facts that I seem to have a fairly good immune system down to cold water and cold showering. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. An Ashford woman's been left with a swollen, bruised and cut leg after falling into a manhole. 24-year-old NHS worker Kayleigh Woods was walking on grass along Newtown Road when it happened. She's now worried a child or elderly person could be seriously injured. The council say they don't own the land but are carrying out inquiries to find out who does. It's claimed bus cuts will cause absolute chaos on the school run in parts of Kent. There are concerns about extra traffic on the roads as well, as more people have to drive instead. The county council say they're not in a position to offer financial support to keep every service running. Operation Brock is finally going to be removed from the M20 this weekend, but the 50 mile per hour speed limit will remain in place. The contraflow system has been enforced between Maidstone and Ashford over the summer as part of efforts to deal with queues caused by cross-channel disruption. But the Kent Resilience Forum says we're now past the worst of it. Kent Online News. Now, the Kent Online podcast has been told it's more important than ever to protect the Swanscombe Peninsula. It's after one of the UK's rarest bumblebees was spotted at the site. I caught up with Jamie Robbins from conservation charity Bug Life. This week we've had the fantastic news that the Shrokada bee, one of our, one of our rarest bumblebees, uh, has just been found down at Swanscombe, which is, which is great news for that site. It's, uh, 
it's a new record. It's a it's an important to find the new populations of some of our rarest bees so we can try to find out how to look after them. Bees as a whole, of course, are incredibly important. They help pollinate our food. They help they help pollinate our wildflowers. But the, the shawkada bee is much more a case of it's it's one of our rarest bees. They're part of our culture. They're part of our way of being. And, um, you know, we, we, we need to look after them. It's, it's a bee that used to be widespread across the south of England and Wales, but is now just found in a handful of sites. So finding it, uh, finding on a precious site such as Swanscombe Peninsula uh, gives us an opportunity to help to help the population to thrive. With it being found at the Swanscombe Peninsula, that's also the planned site for the London Resort as well. So I suppose that adds to your cause that the site needs to be protected even more. Well, of course, we, we know that the Swanscombe Peninsula is one of the most important wildlife sites in the UK. You know, it's got over 2000 species of invertebrate found at the site, including the, the distinguished jumping spider. And now, of course, the, the shrill cardaby, which is a species that Bug Lab's been trying to protect for years. But it's a site, you know, with nightingales and man orchids. It's got so much wildlife on it. And it's just another sign that this is just the wrong place for a theme park. We, we've been saying that for the last couple of years. But. The longer this goes on, the more and more evidence we get that it's a, it's an irreplaceable and unique wildlife site. And how did you come across uh, the the bee in the first place? How, how does that all work? Well, it's interesting. So we've been uh, asking people to keep an eye out for the shawkada bee at Swanscombe Marshes, the Swanscombe Peninsula, for for a number of years. And we've had experts from uh, from Bug Life, from Bumblebee Conservation Trust, try and find the bee there, and we just haven't found it. But this year, completely uh, independently. Uh, a local naturalist while out on the site photographing wildlife uh, recorded there for the first time. He found a male shawkada bee on the site. So what we're asking people now is to, to go to the peninsula in September when the shawkada bee queens are, are emerging and finding somewhere to overwinter. We're asking people to keep an eye out for them and let us know if they see them there again. Uh, we'd like to know where they are on the site, how they're using the site so we can we can work out just how important the Swanscombe Peninsula is. But We've suspected it would be there for a number of years, so we're not surprised it's turned up, but we're thrilled because it's another important species found at this incredibly significant wildlife site. Elsewhere, two bus drivers opening a fine dining restaurant in Sheerness. Our reporter John Nerdin's been chatting to Lee McCall and John Dirtle. Lee and John, what are you planning to do in Sheerness? We're opening a fine dining restaurant, um, which is going to serve locally sourced produce in the heart of Sheerness. So why Sheerness? Uh, it's an ideal location right in the town centre um, and Sheerness needs something where people can go and enjoy a relaxing meal um, of an evening because there's currently nothing like this in Sheerness. So how did you two meet? We're both coach drivers and we met whilst working in coaches. And you've got the background of uh, the hotel industry? Yes, I have 25 to 30 years working in hotel management in restaurants and hotels. Yeah, we've uh, <laughs> totally rewired all of the inside um, and an extensive CCTV system put in. And it's had a whole brand new kitchen. It's been all fully refurbished throughout. Um, so yeah, it's going to be looking good. What time do you, uh, when, when do you hope to open? Uh, we're going to be open on the 1st of October. And anything particular about the, the building that you're in, the, the former Britannia Hotel? Yeah, it's uh, coming up to its 200th anniversary of when it first opened this year. Um, so it'll be good to have a restaurant back in the original building that served fine cuisine back in the day. Kent Online Sport.
And in football, it was another defeat for Gillingham last night. This time in the EFL Trophy, they lost 3-0 to Charlton in their opening group game. Manager Neil Harris spoke to us after the match. Mix and match, wasn't it? I thought Charlton were very good with the ball at times. Um, we went for back four because I didn't want to play, didn't want to play Max again um, for, for another game. So went for four just to have a look and, and, and fit personnel in the team as well. And, and thought at times early on was bright with the ball. Um, should have been in front. I think you know, we created some really good opportunities. Um, couldn't get on the score sheet again. Um, but then just, just you know, I thought they, they they were clinical when they got their chances. I use it as an exercise to give people minutes, to be honest. Um, and that's 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 the bottom line. We've lost some games, haven't we? And and you know, the two two cup games we we, we played even, but we got through. I thought it was tonight to give up the opportunity to people to to grab a shirt. I don't think enough players did that, to be honest. Um, some players that have been on the fringes and, and, and finding their way just didn't quite step up tonight to the levels. Um, so I think we look, lack a little bit of confidence as a group. Um, I've got to find that within the group before Saturday. We've got a huge game, important one to, to us as a football club and to our fan base against, against Swindon. I know that. So, um, yeah, we, we've got to find that before Saturday for sure. When you've only got a small group and you haven't got an under-23 group, um, it, you know, if, if you leave three or four behind, they can't even train. So, you know, we, we used it as that exercise almost as a training game. Um, I was a bit disappointed with the result. You know, was, you know we, haven't, we haven't scored. Um, we've made chances, which is a positive. We haven't scored. Disappointed with the goals we conceded, of course. Um, don't think we quite did enough um, defensively to, to stop them. Um, but it looks like we come through unscathed. So that's, that's important as well. I think I probably look more tonight about individuals. Um, what did I learn about my group tonight? Well, I didn't know anything new that I didn't know already, or that I didn't think I knew anyway. Um, I think some players would be disappointed with their performances, and I think I said to the group before, I said picking a team, we we, you know, we haven't worked on it coming into the games, we didn't know what Charlton were going to do either. So I said to the lads before the game, you know, five or six players are coming to the team with an opportunity to grab a shirt, and I think there'd be some disappointed individuals that they probably haven't done that. Um, however, Again, it's important that, that people do get the minutes in the legs because it's a long season. Swindon possession-based team, so you know, similar to last year. Um, obviously, new manager, some, some new lads, but obviously Scott was there last year um, with, with Ben. So, you know, possession-based team, want to want to control the football, want to pass the ball. Yeah, they've got, got some ability from what I've seen already. Um, I've, I've come across them already this year, but they've got some ability in the team, some good footballers. So, you know, we, we've got to make sure we're competitive, that the shape's better than it was tonight, that's for sure. Um, and that when we can get after the ball, we get after the ball. And then what we did tonight, when we used the ball tonight on the regain, when we used it well, we looked like we could have scored three or four goals. Should have scored a couple of goals. Um, but we can't turn the ball back over cheaply again. And that's 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 what we've got to get better at, is when we do regain the ball, it's making sure we use it better than we have done at times. Well, the Jules have now gone a total of six games without scoring any goals. They're back in League 2 action this weekend as they welcome Swindon Town to Priestfield. Well, that's all for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date with all of the latest news from across Kent. Plus, you can also subscribe to the ad-free premium version of Kent Online. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And while you're there, you can see a picture of an adorable that's been spotted on a Kent's beach. It's thought to have been having a rest on the sands at Dimchurch over the bank holiday weekend. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group.
with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.